Aurora of the Yukon, Chapter 10, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son Uncle Thibault's magic spells didn't seem to work very well. That's from my diary, Kirkman Creek, Yukon, September 15, 1898. The next morning, I was the first to wake up. In my dream, a strange witch had been chattering at me and saying, for all the naughty things I had done. But when I opened my eyes, I was looking straight at a squirrel. It was sitting on the kitchen table on top of an empty tin can. It was eating a spruce cone and making the usual squirrel noises, which I had been hearing in my dream. The sun was streaming in through the hole in the roof. I could see the cabin for the first time. It had one bed, a table, and a wood stove. I suddenly realized the squirrel was inside our cabin. I sat up. I guess I surprised the squirrel, since it jumped straight up the wall and started scolding me with that shrill noise they make. When it saw my mom and Eve wake up, it got really mad. I think we're in its house, not the other way around, said Eve. We went outside, and my mom made us breakfast over a campfire. Are we staying here? I asked. My mom said that we had just got there. We weren't going to give up yet. She was being brave again. There was no sign of Uncle Thibault, so we spent the morning cleaning up the guest house. It was a mess. Squirrels had been living there all summer, plus probably a few other animals. The squirrels had been getting spruce cones outside and then bringing them into the cabin to eat. Everything was covered in at least two inches of spruce cone chips. Their nest was inside the wood stove. Eve and I chased away the squirrel inside the wood stove. It was pretty mad at us. We shoveled out the spruce cone chips and lit a fire to boil water. Eve and I hiked to the creek to get buckets of water. Then my mom made us clean everything. After that, we checked out the roof. The roof logs didn't look rotten, but the gaps between them were too big and the dirt had fallen through. We went to Uncle Thibault's woodpile and got small and medium-sized logs and sticks. We tied a couple around D'Artagnan's neck, and he helped us drag them back to the guest house. My mom told us to fill up the gaps between the logs. Then we put buckets of dirt on top. Finally, we patted the dirt down so it wouldn't blow away. I dug up some grass and Yukon poppies from beside the cabin and planted them on top. The sooner you can get grass and flowers growing on your roof, the better. They hold the dirt together and soak up the rain. You probably guessed already, but Uncle Thibault's place wasn't what a normal person would call a ranch. It wasn't that he was lying to us. In his mind, it really was a ranch. Where we saw a cabin with a broken roof, he saw the guest house. Where we saw the creek, he saw the gold mine. It was sort of like he could see into the future. Actually, he couldn't see today. Only the future. And not what really was going to happen, but what he wanted to happen. Kip had told me some stories of miners who spent too much time by themselves. He said they were bushed or had cabin fever. Sometimes they did terrible things. But Uncle Thibault was very nice. He only got annoyed if you said things like, the cow looks sick, instead of, looks like your cattle are having a good year. Uncle Thibault woke up around noon. We told him about the hole in the roof. He went on a big, long story about heavy rains, a bear trying to break into the cabin, and how he had a plan to fix it right away. He didn't actually go look at it, though. He seemed relieved when Maman told him we had fixed it. Uncle Thibault also showed us the cache. Every Yukon cabin has one. The word even comes from French, where it means a place you hide things. In the Yukon, you keep your food in it. It's a little tiny cabin on stilts over your head, with stove pipes around the stilts so no animals can climb up. Uncle Thibault described it this way. That way, no critters eat your dinner. There seemed to be a huge number of critters who wanted to eat your dinner. Bears, marten, wolverines, squirrels, foxes, and so on. We settled into a routine. In the morning, Eve and I would fetch water, start the fire, and do our chores. I chopped the wood because I was bigger than Eve. Uncle Thibault showed me how to use an axe safely. He made me use a small adult axe because he said little axes like hatchets are dangerous. If you miss the wood, their handles are shorter and they can swing into your leg instead of the ground. He also made me wear my heavy boots when I chopped wood. Then we would work on the back 40 feeding the horse or cow, or on the farm, 
which is what Uncle Thibault called his vegetable garden. It was mostly weeds, so pulling them up was our first job. In the afternoon was schoolwork. Maman made Uncle Thibault build another table for us to work at. She had brought a math, French, and history book for each of us, plus some blank notebooks. I thought Tina put those in the definitely not pile in Skagway, Eve said when he saw them. He was annoyed with Maman. He just wanted to go watch the sternwheelers go by on the river or explore the creek. Maman winked at me. Then, before dinner, we would explore and play with D'Artagnan. At dinner, we would usually invite Uncle Thibault over. He loved Maman's cooking. After dinner, he would lean back and tell us stories. My favorite was the one about how he was the seventh son of our grandfather, who was also the seventh son of his family. That means I can cast spells, he would say. Then he would tell us the kinds of spells he was planning to cast. Finding gold, making the cattle grow faster, putting a second story on the lodge. The stories were all very good. We did all this for a couple of weeks. It was fun at first, but you could tell Mama was worried about winter. We would be stuck at Kirkman Creek until May. What if one of us got sick? What if Eve kept refusing to do his studies? What if we got really lonely? You could tell Mama was thinking about this in September. It was beautiful weather, but it got a bit colder each day, and the trees started to change color. Also, Uncle Thibault started to tell us stories that were a lot different from how he had described things in the letters he used to write to us in Montreal. For example, one night after dinner, Uncle Thibault was telling us how he would teach us how to catch rabbits in the winter. They're easier to catch in the winter time. You can see their tracks in the snow. You set little traps called snares. In the morning, the rabbits are frozen solid, like a block of ice. Then you take them back to your cabin and thaw them out. One of my mom's eyebrows was lifting a little bit. It's what her eyebrow does when something she doesn't approve of is going on. What do you do with them? asked Eve eagerly. Eat them and make mitts from their fur, continued Uncle Thibault. But if you're not at your cabin and need to thaw them at your camp, you can always just put one in the foot of your sleeping bag. In the morning, it's nice and soft and easy to skin. L'heure du dodo, said Maman, rather loudly. That means bedtime. She thanked Uncle Thibault for coming and steered him out the door. The next day, it all came to a head. That means all the things everyone had been worried about seemed to happen at the same time. As usual, it was because of Eve. He had become interested in the cash. Uncle Thibault kept talking about how it was full of food for the whole winter from the farm in the back 40, not to mention dried salmon from the river and grayling from the creek. The cache was built to keep critters out. It kept Eve out, too, at first. Then he found out where the ladder was. He told us one day at breakfast. He has a very matter-of-fact tone of voice when he does things like this. Mama, did you know there's nothing in the cache but some fish and a lot of flies? Qua? said Mama. Not only was she so surprised, she dropped my oatmeal right in my lap, but she said qua instead of pardon. Pardon is much more proper, and she is always telling us to stop saying qua. Anyway, she was so angry she didn't even stop to clean up the oatmeal out of my lap. She stomped right out the guest house and went over to the lodge. It was nine o'clock, so Uncle Thibault was definitely still asleep. She banged on the door until he woke up. We watched as she shouted at her brother. Thibault, la cache est vide, complètement vide. Qu'est-ce que les enfants vont manger cet hiver? It's not empty, Marie. Why, the kids will have all kinds of smoked salmon and bannock and beans. Montre-le-moi, she said. Show me. When Maman is worried about us kids, she can be tough. She grabbed him by the arm and dragged him to the cache. When Maman saw inside the cache, she got really angry. She pointed her finger right in his face and let him have it. It'll be full soon, he said, looking at Maman's finger right in front of his nose. As soon as I sell my next load of firewood, we can buy a king's feast, he explained, getting excited about the future again. Tu n'as pas vendu une seule bûche depuis notre arrivée. Rien, screamed Maman. Well, it's true, I haven't sold any wood lately, but I've got a big load in the wood lot. Unfortunately for Uncle Thibault, at that moment we heard the whistle of a sternwheeler coming around the bend. 
Mama pointed her finger towards the river and stomped her foot. Uncle Thibault ran to the river bank and waved. The sternwheeler came around the corner. It was clear it didn't plan to stop at Kirkman Creek. Thibault waved frantically. I cast a spell. Seventh son of a seventh son. You must stop. Still, the sternwheeler kept going. Its paddles turned, sending water high into the air. You could see big piles of firewood on its decks. It was even with the lodge. In a minute, it would be gone. Stop, he cried. I cast a spell. You have to stop. The sternwheeler started to turn the corner and go out of sight. Thibault grabbed his shotgun from the porch of the lodge. He pointed at the sternwheeler and fired. A huge boom echoed down the river, but the sternwheeler just kept going. Thibault turned around to look at Maman, but she was gone. She was already in the guesthouse packing our bags.